0: especially now in terms of like where the world is you know being on this sort of like this brink of change I hope a lot of women are starting sort of being called into to step into their power now you know how whatever that power might mean for them you know not everybody is meant to do the same thing we all have our gifts and our talents and our strengths and our things that we're here to do
1: Hey, loves, it's Wanda, the host of the Black Women Travel Podcast. I'd like to invite you to become a patron of the Black Women Travel Podcast. There are a few budget friendly tiers you can choose from so that as a
0: community, we can continue to heal, ask for what we deserve, get it, and inspire the next generation. Tap the link in the show notes and choose a monthly contribution that suits you. I'm so excited about the episodes you'll hear that will nudge you to love yourself deeper and take more action in your life from that empowered place. Please consider becoming a monthly subscriber through patreon.com slash Pod. Get ready to hear another great
1: episode. Thanks so much for joining us today. Can you please tell us your name, where you're from, your current location, and the name of your business? Sure. My name is Mecca Woods.
0: I'm originally from the Bronx, New York, where I still live.
1: And the name of my business is My Life Created. So with My Life Created, you do all things astrology and personal development.
0: Yes, yes. I've been doing, uh, I've been uh, a professional astrologer for about 10 years, almost 10 years now. Um, I'm a writer and a published author. And uh, I, way back when, when I found out that astrology was a a tool that I could use for personal development, it just really got me hooked in a way that I started to help other people with it. And it just developed into uh, a full-time business.
1: You've shared that. When astrology came into your life, you were going through some personal things, like in terms of trying to figure out the direction you were going to take in your life. And I think like some romantic questions about what was happening in that area of your life. Um, Right. How how has astrology helped you to get the direction that you were looking for? Well,
0: what it did was... It showed me that I had more control over things than I thought I did. You know, I found astrology to be really empowering because when you're sitting down, um, getting your chart read, um, it's the astrologer's job to kind of show you like what kind of gifts and what kind of talents you have available to you and basically how to make the most of those based on like the timing, Um, you know, how to navigate different challenges, how to create opportunities for yourself. And when I sat down um, those many years ago with an astrologer, I didn't even know what like a a birth chart was. All I knew, I knew I was a Sagittarius um, and that was about it. But when she sat me down and, you know, she told me all these things about my chart and, and you know it helped me to unpack certain things and and kind of see myself um just see myself as like this this person who yeah like I was here to do something bigger you know because I had because because around the time that I found astrology I was stuck in a job that I really wasn't happy with and I felt like I should be should have been doing something more but I didn't have a quite a grasp on like what that more was And at the same time, you know, I was also going through some, like, love and, like, relationship stuff. And so when I went to the astrologer, you know, she was able to help me unpack, like, certain habits and patterns as to, like, why, you know, I was constantly running into these same uh, sorts of men that I was dating. Uh, She was able to tell me, like just different things and then and, and, and don't get me wrong like when I went into the reading, I did have some like healthy like skepticism you know even now like with the work that I do like unless I can prove that it's something that I can actually work, I'm still kind of like mm, I need to see some you know I need to see some proof about it but when I went in she was able to tell me things about myself that she wouldn't have known otherwise you know but she was able to see that in my chart and it just really blew me away to see like this this ancient tool. Um, that had become sort of like a, you know, party gag, I guess, if you will. Like how you can, how how it was really something that you could use as a tool for empowerment. And like once I was able to sit down and see what I was working with and like how I could make different choices and create opportunities for myself. And I didn't have to stay stuck where I was. That just hooked me into like studying everything I possibly could about astrology.
1: And that's part of your sign. So as a Sagittarius, you are bridging the gap between being human and connecting yourself to something larger.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what sages do. Like our mission um is to to find a meaning, to find a silver lining, uh, to learn by way of like travel and like new experiences and taking leaps of faith. And then based on those experiences, we want to bring what we've learned back and share it with people in a way that inspires
1: and uplifts and and teaches. You were born uh, Muslim, correct? Right. Correct. And then y'all had a little, your family had a stand of practicing Buddhism and then also Christianity. Um, right. But you were never able to fully connect with those. Is that, like, how did that play out? Well, it
0: played out because my um, my parents, my dad is a Sagittarius like me my mom is an Aquarius and Aquarius, if you know anything about Aquarians, they're not necessarily known for following the rules and Sages, you know, we're very free spirited as well. And for them, you know, the one of the, one of the things that they always uh, taught my brother and I was like, not to follow the crowd, basically, you know, they always taught us to like, think for ourselves and be our own sub, se- be our own selves. And so when it came to religion, um, It was, I think, it was just more of um, them kind of being on on their personal journey and like bringing us along with them. But at the same time, it was also a thing of like (laughs) questioning whether or not the religion was actually something that we could actually follow because of like certain doctrines and certain rules and certain things. And for me. Because I grew up with parents who were like, you know, question everything. You know, don't follow, don't follow the the crowd. For me, as I got older um, and becoming, you know, a woman, being a black woman, I just couldn't connect with some of the doctrine that always seemed to come out of religion that made it seem that, you know, women were second class or women were supposed to be submissive or. You know, it, it just it just didn't resonate with me. It didn't feel empowering the way that it should have been. And so even though I consider myself to be a spiritual person, um, I very much have fallen in that line of Sagittarius of like kind of like picking up little things here and there and and kind of gathering um gathering wisdom or gathering um knowledge from multiple things as opposed to just like one thing. So like, even like if my, in my astrology practice, you know, I do talk about like, sometimes like I'll, I'll quote, you know, religious texts or whatever, but I always tell people, you know, like take it, you know, this is just, it's, it's like, uh, it's kind of like, you know speaking in parables or using it as a, like a sort of a teaching tool but it's never a thing of like this is what you must follow or this is mu- this is what you must must practice. And so that that when it, when it comes to like religion and things of that nature I respect what other people believe or or what other people follow but for me it's always been a matter of like needing personal freedom.
1: That plays a lot into the name of your business my life created. So it's like mm-hmm. that has that has so much agency.
0: Yeah. 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 And that's what I strive to give people uh, when they come to me for a reading and, and kind of showing them like, hey, yeah, you know, there's a lot of things that are outside of our control, right? Um, things that happen to us or, you know, around us that we don't necessarily um, have a hand in. But astrology to me is a way to show how we can navigate those those experiences while also Uh, creating experiences of our own that we do have control over
1: your book is happiness astrology and then just last november 2019 you came out with some coloring books so Mm -hmm. and then also like it's like when i google you like everything comes up like bustle (laughs) Essence, tarot.com girl boss exo nicole refinery 29 so it's like as someone who is taking like this smorgasbord of life and wanting to present it to other people and impart that and inspire, how has it been in doing that? Because like anybody who's an entrepreneur, anybody who's carving Mm -hmm. out their own path, you know, they've had their Mm -hmm. challenges and a lot of times those challenges are more internal than external. Yes, yes, for sure. Well,
0: um, it's been it's been it's been challenging at times for sure. Um, especially like right before my my first book came out. Um, I so like it's it's so funny because like you know when in, in coaching my clients or or talking to my clients about their life, it's always interesting and a lot of like readers will tell you about like, that this happens, like tarot readers, astrology, you know, like you always get clients that you like, whatever message you're giving them, you can, you can be speaking to yourself too. This always happens. And I always appreciate like how the universe kind of shows up in that way, because it's like, I, I feel like, I can't give, really give anybody advice unless I'm, I'm walking the walk, you know, or talking to talk myself. So I always appreciate like how the universe always sends me these messages that I need to, in, you know, ingrain into my own life by way of my clients. And a lot of that does have to do around like, um, you know, authenticity, you know, being oneself, being true to oneself and things like that, because, you know, coming up, uh you know in the astrology world in the astrology community you know i had struggled with like you know is my work good enough you know like is is are people going to um not even just in terms of like uh people who follow my work and like are kind of like new to astrology and so they're learning but i'm also you know talking about like you know colleagues and peers and things like that um i've always had this thing of like wanting to make sure that my work is taken seriously and that, you know, that, that I'm a respected, you know, member in the astrology community, things like that. And so part of the, the, the challenges that I've had to overcome in getting to where I am definitely had to be around like, girl, just go and do it. You know, like stop worrying about like who's looking and what people like, just, you know, just, you you know, you're here for a reason. You, you have good work. You know, you're a good writer, you know, you're good at what you do. And so a lot of that, um, That I went through over the past, I would say two or three years really had to be around like, I'm not here to be the smartest person in the room. And and that that was kind of like the the conclusion that I came to. Like, I'm not really here to be the smartest person in the room. I'm here to show what I know um, and to to help people and to do what I do best. And I've been doing that. You know, and I, and I've been having to like remind myself because that's the thing sometimes too, like being an entrepreneur is that because you're relying so much on yourself, and sometimes things can be, it can it can kind of be like you're living or existing in a bubble. Um, it's important, like you're you're just kind of constantly thinking about, okay, like, what's the next thing? You know, what's the next thing that I have to do? What's the next thing that I have to accomplish? And sometimes we don't give ourselves enough credit for all the stuff that we have been doing, you know, and it doesn't necessarily have to be something major, like publishing a book or whatever. Like the fact that, you know, you're even like up <laughs> and 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 actually, Doing anything sometimes I think is a big deal, especially when you live and exist in a world that's kind of trying to tell you that you that you don't that you shouldn't exist. You know, just getting up and breathing sometimes I think is a is a, a feat unto itself. So, you know, though th- that that definitely has is one thing, um, one of the challenges that I've been dealing with. And and what's what's funny, you know, I was talking to my mom recently and she was like, you know, <laughs> she was like, you never take no for an answer. You know, and and she had me chuckling because she, th- you know, was telling me about like the times, you know, when I was a really rebellious teenager, all the way up until, you know, being, you know, young adulthood. Like, and that that I would say is something that also has like gotten me to where I am of like, not really taking no for an answer. You know, when when one opportunity shuts down or one opportunity, you know, one door closes, I always try to find ways around it, you know, or through it, and. Being in this astrology game for as long as I've been in it um, and being able to grow, you know, over time definitely required me to have like a certain amount of determination. So I would, I would definitely say like determination um, and confidence would probably be like the, the running themes through through my career.
1: Would you say you've had to try a lot of different things in order to find your lane?
0: Um, I don't know if I necessarily had to try a lot of different things. Um, I feel like well, yes and no. And the reason why I say yes and no is because I never I didn't always know that I wanted to be an astrologer. Um, and I never there was a time when I never even considered it to be like an actual profession. And but I did always know that I wanted to be a writer. That was something that I wanted to that I knew that I wanted to do ever since I was a child. And the thing is, is that I grew up, you know, you know, basically in poverty. Um, You know, my parents uh, were drug addicts for pretty much the majority of my of my childhood and young adult life. And there were, you know, there were opportunities that I just didn't have. And so through my like uh, academic career it was always one of those situations where it was like, I was a really smart student, but lost interest in school, you know, or, you know, just didn't apply myself the way that I could because of different things that was going on at home or just like not having that support, you know, from like the school system or, you know, from society in general. But when I got to college, um, you know, I, I, kind of did the thing that a lot of people do when they, when they're young and trying to find themselves, Whereas, like, I switched majors a bunch of time. I thought I was going to go into science and, you know, and then eventually, um, after I had my daughter, which was, um, I was about 21 when I had my, when I had my daughter, 21, 22, uh, I decided to go back to school and I decided to go back to school for creative writing and, so the running theme through all the different careers that I've had. So I worked in publishing at first, didn't like that, <laughs> then went to, um, worked in, uh, social services, you know, I was good at that, but didn't particularly care for that. And then eventually it, it became a thing where I started to, you know, found astrology and I became so like hooked on it because I saw it as a tool, a tool of empowerment, Um, I like the fact that when you talk about astrology, there's so much information, like even with all the years that I've been practicing and learning, there's still stuff that I don't know. And, And because it's such a broad field and I love that, you know, I love being able to kind of come back to it each and every time and like learn something new. And then on top of that, you know, I've always had a desire to want to help people, you know, want to help people wanting to do my part to make the world a better place. And I saw astrology being that the avenue that I could do that, you know, something that really interested me, something that gave me agency, something that allowed me to give other people agency and also allowed me to write. And that was like one of the big um, ways in which I kind of got my foot into into the door, like uh, writing for Bustle. And then you know, at first I was writing, um, just kind of blogging on my own website. And then eventually um, I got connected with Bustle and they loved what I had to say. And eventually I started writing for them and it just kind of just started to grow from there. And now that I look back on like these different experiences that I had, uh, again, it's very Sagittarian to kind of like travel and go all over these different places that seem like they're not connected, but there's always like a running theme or like a running thread with it all. And I feel like I needed to take I needed to take that journey, you know, in order for me to get to to where I am. So, so yeah, in some ways, I do feel like there were different things that I tried, but then at the same time, I find that there's like a running theme or a common thread to each of those things that I did that got me, that got me here.
1: Did you have support while trying to figure all of this out?
0: I did. I did. I was really fortunate enough to have my mom, um, supporting me. Um, and she, I mean, she's always been pretty supportive, you know, of me, of, of of my brother in terms of like anything, that we do and when i told her that this is you know this is the path that i'm following cuz my mom my mom again she's an aquarius so her her her, th- her thing to me was always like you don't have to take anybody's shit <laughs> you know like whether it's a job whether it's a man like nah, like fuck them, you know like that was that was her thing and so when it came to like the career choices and things like that that i was making she was like well as long as you're happy you know as long as you feel like you're you know, following your heart and like living your purpose, then, you know, I'm on board with it. Um, and a big reason for that was because she didn't get that support, you know, when she was coming up. And so for her, it was always a big deal to like uh, back um, me and my brother, you know, my dad too, you know, so I have a very supportive uh, family. So I was definitely fortunate enough to have like their support in terms of like me doing what I do. And now that they see that I'm a published author Something that I spoke about ever since I was a kid. Like, it really makes them proud to to see that I'm I'm living that dream.
1: And what's it like for you to be a mom? To like, your daughter's an adult. (laughs) Yes, like a whole a whole
0: adult. I know. Yeah, she just turned twenty a couple of days ago, and she's an Aries. She's an Aries she she is um she is the light of my life i am absolutely like in awe and in love with this kid she's so funny like she being a being a mom you know i i always i always attribute her birth as being kind of like the turning point for me um in terms of getting my shit together uh, I had her, like I said, when I was like around 21, 22. So I was still fairly young at the time, but because I came from the background that I came from, um, it was like, by that time it was like I had lived many lives by that time, you know, cause I, um, you know, getting into trouble, you know, dropping out of school, like there was just, there was so much shit that I got into, um, when I was a young, young kid growing up in the, in the South Bronx, which is like one of the, you know, at the time, I, I don't know if it still is I haven't um, looked at the numbers, uh, but at the time it was like the poorest congressional district in the entire United States. And so, you know, growing up in that way. By the time I got to my twenties, I was just kind of like, and I had, you know, I had my daughter, I was just like, okay, it's time for me to like get my act together. You know, and that was that was also the impetus for me in terms of going back to college. And because at this at that point, I was like, okay, I'm not living just for myself. You know, I'm living for another human being who, you know, quite simply didn't ask to be here. And she, I definitely attribute me being where I am to, you know, becoming a mom, because I felt like, you know, I I had to do everything that I could to make sure that she was taken care of, to make sure that she was happy, to make sure that she was healthy. And I also, and, you know, one of the reasons too, like, why I became an entrepreneur was because I wanted to be a good role model for her. You know, I wanted to show her like, you don't have to stay stuck in things that you don't want to be in. You know, you, you have options, you have choices. And so now that she's an adult, and I see her making her choices. It's funny because the the mom side of me is like trying to not crowd her and be like, ah, you should do it this way." Cuz it's not, you know, you know, like you you want to protect your kid and make sure that your kid is 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 good, is good. But at the same time, you know, I do see the moments where I do have to let her kind of do her own thing and make her own choices and be her own person, especially if you're talking about an Aries cuz an Aries An Aries mission, you know, uh, Aries is a fellow fire sign like uh, Sagittarius and Leo. And so whenever you're talking about the fire signs, it's always about like authenticity, being yourself, following your heart, following your passions. You know, it's like really like raw and like kind of dynamic energy that you're dealing with. And so Aries being the first born of the Zodiac is always about like being a pioneer, and you know doing things that no one else is really doing and so um yeah sometimes we butt heads around that but but i love it i love that fire in her and i always want i, I never want to see that that fire go out
1: did you ever want other children no <laughs> <laughs> i didn't <laughs> i
0: didn't no, it's not for me. <laughs> no, no, it's so, it's so funny because, um, I was just talking about that the other day cause I saw something on Twitter and, uh, the, the woman was like, oh, you know, ladies, you know, did you grow up with, did you, do uh, you know, do, you know, were you, uh, women who grew up with, uh you know mothers who told you that you had to have a family and you know you know you had to have a man and all the stuff like that and i was like no again you know i grew up with a mom who's an Aquarius and was like <laughs> she told me very early on like don't get married don't you know don't have kids you know unless you're ready kind of thing and so you know me I'm you know I'm a Sagittarius but I'm also an Aquarius moon you know the moon represents like what you you know um the moon represents like what you need emotionally how you how you feel like what your emotional state is and you know I have a big streak in my chart I'm I'm predominantly fire fire sign uh, Sag and Leo Aquarius, very independent, <laughs> very like wanted need to do, do my own thing. And I feel like the universe gave me exactly what I needed by giving me a fire sign daughter <laughs> so to keep up and, you know, like, you know, giving her her independence and things like that. So, yeah, I never I never saw myself as having more than than one kid. And um, it was funny, too, because I was talking to my daughter a while back when she was younger and I was like, what if, you know, what if I? got pregnant again. She was like, Absolutely not. <laughs> so our fire was like, Uh uh-uh. uh No, we doing this, we doing this <laughs> solo. So yeah.
1: Just me and you, I feel like we have a good thing going. Right. <laughs> right. And you know, Aries,
0: Aries don't like don't really like to share the you know they don't like to share the spotlight or or the scene. You know, they they're very comfortable being like the only child. So <laughs> we'd like the universe did exactly what the universe needed to do in that in that regard.
1: So did your daughter grow up similarly to you? Um, because you stayed in the Bronx, so you raised.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I yeah. So I stayed in the Bronx. Um, did she grow? Up? Uh, not not nah, not necessarily. Like she definitely didn't have the same experiences that I did um and part part of that was because I I was a bit more on top of her you know like she she had a lot more support growing up than I did in terms of like the different things that was going on in the household you know as a result of like my parents you know drug addiction you know like that wasn't something that she had to deal with so therefore she could make different choices and, and have different things and of course like with me working and you know doing all these things i was able to give her different experiences that i never had growing up which gave her a different world view you know, and different perspective about the world. You know, I, I constantly was always telling her. And to, I mean, to some degree, my parents told me this too, but they never had like the resources to be able to like kind of back that up. And the, the thing is, is that I always told my daughter, like the world is so much bigger than the Bronx. You know, like they, this is just like one little like microcosm, you know, here, like what you see, like there's so much more out there. So I've been able to like travel with her. You know, I've been able to send her, you know, to different places, where she could get out of the city and she could see, you know, different things. And I think, you know, even though, you know, we've had like little teenager stuff <laughs> that has happened, um it's never been anything on the on the scale that it was when I was coming up. You know, she's never gotten into like any ridiculous trouble. You know, she's never she's never she's never had those those experiences. So she definitely <laughs> Yeah, she's definitely a little bit um a little bit spoiled in that regard, but but, yeah, she's she's I feel like she's way better in a way better position than I was when I was coming up. And I feel like that was that's the goal. You know, I feel like that's what a parent should do. A parent should make it so that the next generation that's coming up should have it have it better than they did.
1: You talk about what your mother gave you. I'm wondering.
0: What did your father give you? My dad gave me... He gave me the ability to also think for myself. You know, he also gave me a certain amount of, like, independence. And he also gave me... Uh, he also gave me, like, love without without any judgment. You know, um, my dad is somebody that I can talk to about anything and everything. And he will exactly know where I'm coming from. Um, He gave me stories, you know, he, 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 him and my grandmother were probably the two people in my early life who taught me the, like the art of like storytelling. And he gave me like, that ability to kind of like really run with like my creative imagination. You know, he always, he's always like supported like my writing and, you know, like he's given me, he's given me the part of myself that just kind of like, just wants to go out there and just do it and make things happen. And yeah, I would say like he, he's, he's, he he gives me that understanding and and unconditional love and has always been just like yo just go do it like don't even worry about it like just go do it and that's that's the that's the thing that I've always appreciated from him
1: as a Sagittarius Mecca do you feel like this unending like burning devotion to like the truth whatever the truth is
0: (laughs) oh that's a good question that's a good question um
1: yeah. And, um, but then particularly because there are so many truths. Right.
0: Yeah. See that that's the thing. Like, I feel like as a Sagittarius, I do ha- like I have to be careful about that because Sagittarius is a sign that can be quite like dogmatic. If Sag is not careful, you know, um, where it's like you have like this is, you know, this is the absolute truth. You know, you have to believe this if you don't believe this or if you don't, you know, see this as the truth, then there's there's an issue. And for me, it's really important to question things and recognize that there could be multiple truths. You know, as you said, it's important to recognize that sometimes the truth is subjective, especially depending on who it's coming from or where it's coming from. So for me, um, yes, I do want to learn the truth, but I, 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 I don't want it to become a thing of like dogma you know, or, um, becoming so like, like having like a sort of like tunnel vision, you know, where, where you can't see anything else, but whatever that quote unquote truth is. So for me, I think I'm more, I lean more towards the Sagittarius side where it's like, I'm open, you know, I'm open to learning. I'm open to changing my mind. I'm open, I'm open to not knowing everything or not knowing, uh, yeah, not knowing everything. Um, and recognizing that there's not just one truth you know there's multiple truths and I appreciate that a lot
1: so with that said (laughs) 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 what it's like for you because I think that when you are looking at someone and you really see them I think that most people aren't used to being first of all so when you look at them and you see talking to them about their life they're, you're talking to them about their past there's this very vulnerable space person Where i mean essentially <laughs> <laughs> So and like i'm wondering how people want to because if you are a person that sees i think that it's hard to, so if you tell the truth and you're like or a truth telling a truth mm-hmm. like tell them straight up and they're like whether in your professional or like in your your casual life
0: um i think when it comes to like working with clients my i always come from a place of like you know i'm offering them guidance or i'm offering them suggestions uh but they don't necessarily have to take those suggestions or, or that guidance, you know, it's really up to the person to decide what path they want to walk. What I'm providing is a, you know, some options in terms of like what they can what they can do or like why, you know, what their purpose might be or or why they're here. But at the end of the day, it's up for them. It's up to them to decide, like, whether or not that resonates with them or whether or not that's their truth. So I think it's important. Um, so, yeah. So like when we're in that vulnerable space, you know, I never want to come from a thing of like, you must do this, this way, or if you don't do this, this, this way, you know, you know, all hell will break loose or whatever. Like that's, that's, and and unfortunately there are some, you know, readers out there who do approach it from this place, from like this very ego centered place, unfortunately. Um, but I, I'm, I'm, I, I recognize that like, what I consider the truth or like or even like what my truth might be might not be someone else's. And it's important to kind of come to a space, especially if someone is coming, you know, being vulnerable and and looking for guidance. It's really important to like treat that space as sacred as possible and recognizing like, hey, I'm bringing something to you, you know, and offering you something. But you don't have to take it if you don't want to. And that's perfectly fine. That's, that's perfectly okay. And so um, I think that's one of the reasons like why people do feel so empowered when they walk away from my readings, because I'm never coming from this place of like, they don't know what they're doing. You know, I'm never coming from this place. Even if I'm have, even if I have to tell them like, Hey, (laughs) you know, this is why this, this thing keeps happening. Or this is why this, you know, you keep running into this wall I'm never coming from a place where I'm like, you know, poo-pooing them or making them feel stupid or, you know, taking away their agency or taking away their power. I'm saying, hey, you know, you 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 keep running into this wall because of this. But, you know, if you want to switch the energy or if you want to change the path or change the channel or whatever, you know, this is what you can do. And oftentimes, you know, these are the things that that tends to, to resonate with them. But, yeah, it's important. I think it's important as a reader, um, as a as a coach, as a as a person in general to recognize that how you see things or what your outlook or what your worldview is, is not necessarily going to be someone else's worldview. And that's OK.
1: Did you have like an intuition or a sense about people started studying astrology? Um
0: i don't I don't know if I would say that I did. I guess to some degree, um I did I feel like it I've definitely feel like it's gotten stronger since I've become an astrologer um because I've definitely had to rely a lot more on my intuition and on like instincts and things of that nature um Prior to becoming an astrologer, I think that I think that I could I don't want to say read people but I, I think I could see whether or not like you know I could I could tell like what someone's character was you know or like what their what their energy was about. Um, but I think I definitely think becoming an astrologer is something that helped me to tap more into deeper into that.
1: You talk about traveling with your daughter a bit. And I was wondering what made you decide to stay in the Bronx? Oh, um, <laughs> so
0: with travel, um, travel was something is travel. Even though I've been traveling, um, travel is something that's still fairly new to me. And the reason why is because when I was younger, there wasn't really money to travel. Um, I had an aunt who has long since uh, passed away, becoming uh, becoming an ancestor. Um, who you who used to come along, and um, she would take me down south for the summer um, sometimes uh that was that was probably like my earliest memories of like really being able to like travel anywhere, but for a long time, um travel wasn't really a part of my life because um a lack of resources and then when I became a mom, you know i became uh, ended up becoming a single mom, so a lot of my resources went into like childcare and you know things like that so it wasn't until actually um I started to work in astrology that I was actually able to open up more opportunities for myself to like travel and like, you know, um, you know, send my daughter, you know, to, to different places and things like that. And so for me, um, travel is something that has been sort of like a privilege and, but now but now that I find myself, you know, being in a position where I'm able to do it more, um, I don't know I don't see why people wouldn't want to travel, um, but, the, but being in the Bronx, you know, it, it's, 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 it's been my home for so long. And so like, because I haven't had that opportunity to like, you know, travel or like move around, like at very early on, I hadn't, fi- I hadn't found that place yet where it's like, I need to lift here. I need to move here. I need to relocate here. So that, that's like the big um, reason why, like I've, I've, I've stayed in the Bronx for so long, but then the other part of that too also has to do with, like the culture of the Bronx and being in New York and like seeing like the um, issues around gentrification and finding myself because there's so many you know Black and Brown people who are being pushed out of the Bronx because of uh, gentrification. There's also this part of me that feels like I need to dig in deeper <laughs> into this space in order to like keep. Um, I don't know, I guess in terms of like holding holding my ground, I guess, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I think it's like preserving the legacy and like preserv- preserving the culture.
0: Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Um even, you know, I've been I've been thinking about uh moving uh again, but I've been like think thinking about like, well, where am I going to go? Um I still I don't know the Bronx is is I'm like the Bronx is so ingrained in me and it's funny too because like I was talking about this um with a friend of mine uh, so like in my birth chart I have a lot of planets uh, uh, in the fourth house and it's a zone in the chart that has to do with like home and family roots culture tradition and even though I'm this free free spirited Sagittarius with this Aquarius moon I like to you know move around and do all these things that fourth house energy that I have that's like rooted in culture and like rooted in family and rooted in like the sense of home. I feel like there's this thing with like staying where I am that just feel like I, I don't know if I can see myself anywhere else, to be honest. So
1: Talk to us a bit about astro cartography.
0: Yes. So astrocartography is a uh, tool that we use to determine where someone should like travel to, or where someone should like uh, relocate to, like e- e- either relocating for like a job or relocating for. Um, other sort of purposes or even like, you know, going to school. Like I had recently, I had a client who was trying to figure out if she should go to school in New York or if she should go to school in L.A. And based on her chart and what it was that she was trying to accomplish, I told her that L.A. was the better option. So, yeah, astrocartography, it basically, uh, there's this idea that there are these sort of like -like planet-like These planetary lines that sort of run through countries and cities all over the globe, um, these astrological planetary lines. And so based on those lines and based on your chart, it'll show you like where you might have more success or where you might find love or where you might um, feel happy or feel at home, you know, and then it can show you like where you might feel more unsettled or where you might run into a lot of problems or where you might feel like, you know, stuck. And so I've used that on a few occasions um, for people who are thinking about, you know, like I said, either doing something with school or either relocating because they just want to like get out of where they are. Like I had someone who I told recently, I was like, you need to be in a space like, you know, where there's water, you know, and sunshine because your chart just screams like, you're not like your chart is not built for like that big city sort of life. You know, um, she was living in D.C. And I was like, your, your chart is not built for D.C. D.C. is a very hard kind of town the way that uh, New York is. And she ended up relocating to the Caribbean and she's like absolutely over the moon living there now. So. Um, so, yeah, so the astro cartography is a way that we kind of map the globe or map the world and show um people like where they would be best suited for based on their chart.
1: So there's supposed to be some like really strong centers. So like there are a hella black people in Chiang Mai Thailand. And I hear mm. that's like one of one of the more powerful places. I think mm. uh, what is it? Viacamba, Ecuador is also another one. Do you mm-hmm. have knowledge of like specific cities? <laughs> oh
0: <laughs> specific um no I uh, well the knowledge that I have around cities are more so around um the chart of a city. So for example, um each city, each country has like their own birth chart. And for example, um, and then the birth chart is definitely, it's established based on like when the country or when the city was founded. So that's like, we usually go by like the founded date. Um, and so, for example, New York is a Capricorn town and Capricorn is a sign that has to do with things like business and, uh, you know, um, business, hard work um financial security, you know, which is no surprise that New York City is known as like a, one of the biggest financial hubs in the world. A lot of people come here to try to make it, you know, like if I can make it here, I can make it anywhere. That's always been like the big <laughs> New York thing. And Capricorn energy is that energy that really forces you to hustle, you know, it Capricorn energy, anytime anything's in Capricorn um, or Capricorns themselves, you know, these are going to be the people that are constantly working and working and building and, you know, trying to like make something out of themselves or, or, you know, make something out of their careers. And so that's the kind of knowledge that I have about like different, um, spaces, uh, based on like the chart of a place or the chart of a, of a country and kind of figuring out like, Oh, okay. Yeah, especially especially when we start talking about like things that are happening politically, that always ha- helps to kind of figure out like, okay, why is this country going through such turmoil? Or like, why is this happening here? Like just uh, recently on my um, pod- podcast, Stars on Fire, which I uh, share with a friend of mine, we were going over the charts of the different states that are talking about reopening despite the pandemic. And we were looking at their charts and being like, mm this is not a good, you know, This is not a good move. So that's the, that's the kind of knowledge that I have of, of different, of different places.
1: A lot of the ladies that listen to this podcast are already travelers or they want to become like more regular travelers. Um, some of them have day jobs and they just travel on their time off or travel part-time or paid it. So I think that's really interesting way to, determine how you're going to travel because a lot of black women they are looking up places where there's less racism so it's like mm-hmm. right right black in turkey you No, know, just just google black in turkey and see what it comes up and somebody's probably written about it um, or they're just like looking for a community where there are black people so they'll go to facebook and like look for groups or whatever uh, in countries or cities to be able to, like, connect. Um, so mm-hmm. that, that's very interesting, um, an interesting, like, insight into choosing a place to go to, um, because mm-hmm. location impacts us, absolutely. Um,
0: yeah, Absolutely. Um, and, and, and I find it, I like, I've, I've found, I've found that that works, you know, cause like with, with astrology, um, I'm constantly testing things and testing theories to see if they work, you know, before I like share that with clients. Um, cause again, like I need to know that this is something that I can back up or there, there's something to this before I go and be like, oh yeah, you know, and it's important for astrologers, you know, and you know, or anybody to, to do that, like make sure, you know, you've tested this out first. And so, um when I started to get into astro cartography, you know, I kind of started to see like how my chart would shift or or be affected, like when I traveled or went certain places. And so like, for example, like when I go to the West coast, um, I become a little bit more introverted than usual. And it's, it's just the way it's something that happens with my chart where I just, it's just, it's just, it's just like the energy becomes a, a little bit weird for me where I feel like I don't really know if I want to interact with too many people, <laughs> you know, like I just become a little bit more like, um, yeah, I just become a little bit more introverted. Whereas like when I went to South Africa and my energy there shifted in a way where I was like, Oh my God, I love this place. You know, this is, you know, this place is am talking to you know, meeting all kinds of people, connecting with all kinds of people. And so, yeah, it's it's really interesting to see like how your chart, gets affected like in certain areas and like why you can go to certain areas and like, I really don't feel at home here. I hate this place. You know, like why the energy is weird here versus going somewhere else and you're like, oh my God, I love this place. Yeah. It's really interesting to see how that happens.
1: I've absolutely landed somewhere and been like, yes. Like I'm not even out of the airport. <laughs> yeah. 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 Tell you, like Spain was like that. I was like, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there is. Um, yeah, there's places like yeah, like the West Coast has been weird for me. Um, where else did I go that was like weird? Um New Orleans, was a little wonky for me when I went there.
1: Hey, yes, I was in <laughs> New Orleans. I don't I know like, why, but I was in
0: like, New Orleans. And I remember. What was so crazy about that was when I went, uh, it was me and my my cousin who's like, she's like a sister slash best friend slash cousin, like everything. And we went there uh, and i would never forget like the energy, like we were um, taking the shuttle, this like, you know, the shuttle to the hotel or whatever. And I just remember like my whole body, like it was like something felt like, like, like gravity hit my body. Like it was just like, like as if my body was trying to like be pulled down into like the earth, it was such a weird feeling. And I don't know why I was feeling that way, but it was just like, my body became so heavy. And I don't know if it had to do with like (sighs) supernatural stuff. I don't know, but it was just, it was just really weird that like, I felt so drained and my body felt like it was 10,000 pounds heavier than what it really was. It was so weird.
1: Like, it seems like the history just pops.
0: <laughs> and it was, what's funny about that is that they are, um, New Orleans is a, an Aquarius town. And Aquarius Energy, um, as I mentioned, is not known for, like, being, quote, unquote, normal. <laughs> you know, Aquarius Energy can be very, like, Eccentric and kind of like weird <laughs> and strange and and so yeah, it's, it's I feel like that's very fitting for New Orleans. Like, I and disrespect see Orleans see. No, like I, no disrespect to New Orleans yeah. at all. Like, I no disrespect, but it's just it's just a very weird energy
1: there. Walking down the street, like literally, it was a movie scene, <laughs> and there's like somebody literally like their rug out on their balcony have the gutter punks playing uh broken down piano in the middle of the street and of course like mm. it was just very like, <laughs> like where <laughs> am i <laughs> so, <laughs> actually happening here
0: oh my gosh the, yeah, uh so that yeah, was so weird um but another another place where I, I felt very comfortable and felt very home was um uh at home in was when i went to uh cans um because I did something with the with the film festival a couple a couple of years back, and I loved it there. Um, I've been trying to get back, but I haven't had the opportunity. But I, I loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it there.
1: Come through, Cam. Come. on. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about um, generational trauma and mm-hmm. your take on that in your line of work in your experience how how someone first of all if you believe it exists and then if you do like how can a person use astrology or use resources to heal from that
0: no i do believe that that generational trauma exists um absolutely and what's interesting is that a lot of the clients uh, that i do work with um they predominantly come from like marginalized communities and a lot of times, you know, we do get into stuff that has to do with, like, how they were raised and, like, family history and family background and things of that nature. And a lot of times I find myself kind of giving advice that has to do with, like, you know, you can do differently. Like, you don't you don't have to continue like with this narrative or subscribe to this narrative, um, that has been playing out over courses of generations over, you know, years and years. And a lot of that, some of that does have to do with like, you know, um, recommending therapy, you know, I'm I'm a big, uh, you know, proponent of like therapy and counseling. Um, and I do recommend, you know, if I see that a client would benefit from it, I'll be like, yeah, you know, you should start working with a therapist. Um, but then the other part of that does have to do with like showing um I do see a lot of people who are like especially now in terms of like where the where the where the world is, you know, being on this sort of like this brink of change, I hope. Um a lot of women are starting sort of being called into to step into their power now. You know, how whatever that power might mean for them. You know, not everybody is meant to do the same thing. We all have our gifts and our talents and our strengths and our things that we're here to do. And so to me, when I think about healing generational trauma, um, a lot of that does revolve around, to me, a a lot of that does revolve around like stepping fully into one's power and realizing dreams or realizing things, you know, your purpose or realizing your passions. Because when I think back to our ancestors or even like my parents, you know, take it just like one generation removed. A lot of them did not get the support that they needed in order for them to realize, um, their dreams or in order for them to realize their, their purpose. You know, there was always a, a, a had, there was always a choice between like survival and, you know, or, um, yeah there's always a choice between survival. I don't even know what the other or or survival or death, I guess. Um, you know, and having to like live in the moment and do things in the moment and, and, and there was no there was no time, you know, for a lot of these things, um which why, you know, you had so many of of, of our people you know, becoming you know addicts and you know alcoholics and you know, abuse, you know being being an abusive, you know, relationships or being abusers themselves, you know, there's a a lot of stuff there. And so, um, so yeah, to me, I find that healing part, part of healing that generational trauma is really about um, being in a place where you're called to fulfill your purpose and taking the steps necessary towards that, which isn't easy. You know, not, it's not easy by any uh, by any means. You know, um, yes, when you realize that what your purpose is, you know, um, things can get easier to some degree where the universe starts to open certain doors for you and kind of, you know, like the, the dots start to connect a little bit easier. But, you know, it does take a lot of courage and determination and like, you know, kind of busting through those blocks that society keeps like trying to throw at us. And so... That's a lot of the things that I find myself talking to people about in terms of like healing that that generational curse.
1: So you do talk about personal development, as to astrology, but you actually don't share a lot of your own story. And is that like purposeful, like on purpose? I mean? Um. When yes, and yeah. So, or is that like a generation thing? Like what happens in the house stays in the house? Like, I think it's, I think it's
0: a little bit of both. Um, what's funny that you, what's funny that you say that uh, is that, so in that fourth house that I mentioned in my chart, you know, everybody has a fourth house, uh, but everybody's fourth house is not the same. Um, but in my fourth house, which is a zone, like I said, that has to do with like home, family, tradition, you know, how you were raised, the actual home you live in, all of that. Um, Scorpio is the sign that is in charge of that zone. And it's funny because people who have uh, Scorpio in charge of their, you know, their domestic life, um, they or people who grew up in homes where it was like, there's a lot of shit going on in this house, but it's not supposed to leave these walls. And so part of part of that is, I guess, kind of like how I was raised, where it's like, a, you know, don't be going out spreading spreading, you know, our business kind of thing. But I also think that it is a thing where, because I'm I'm talking to people a lot about like their lives, I it's not of good practice to like insert too much of my stuff into like the session, because it's not about me. So. Um, and also, you also have to be a little bit careful about like, um, what's the word? It's it's like, you have to be a little bit careful about like, like oversharing, but also like putting the focus on you and and in a way, because then it starts to become subjective, you know, and like, you start saying things like, oh yeah, you know when I did, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, but that person might not be coming from the same place that you're coming from, you know, or thinking the same way that you're thinking. So you have to be careful with like injecting personal stuff into like, you know, sessions and readings and things like that. But, um, but every now and then, like on Twitter, like I'll talk about stuff um, related to like my past or whatever. Um, but, but I, but part of it is also about like, you know, wanting to be professional and not wanting to inject too much, but then also some of it does have to do with like how it's raised too. But if people ask me, you know, about certain things, I do, you know, I I do talk about it, but I usually, but that's, that's just me too. Like, I feel like I'm not one of those people who just like goes around like, Oh, this is happening to me. And that's happening to me. Um, And that also has to do with my, the way my chart is set up too. Uh, unless people like kind of ask me about what's going on, which is why you know podcasts and things like that is, is where people tend to get my get my 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 tea.
1: Their juice, yeah. <laughs> because you're talking about sessions and stuff, and I'm like, girl, this ain't no sessions. it's podcast, <laughs> I'm trying to find out about you. Oh, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, that's interesting because like scrolling through your Instagram. First of all, your sense of humor is really funny. So you don't oh. share, like, the memes everyone shares. You have, like, your own memes. Like, they're from familiar shows, but, like, they're not the stuff that everybody's sharing, which I would I say really funny. And then it's, like, quite witchy, you know, like, very celestial and colorful and got yoni eggs and your black cat and... <laughs> <laughs> um, the occasional selfie looking fierce um yeah thank you thank you yeah um i just my, find- answer, my- oh like you- it it can, it can go both well I'm, there's a multitude of ways but like a lot of people feel like they have to unzip themselves online in order for people to in order for people to be attracted to them it's like, well, who am I doing business with? So there's this push to, like, tell your story. And it's like, you don't. You don't tell your story anywhere. Not on your website. Like, nowhere. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's um
0: it's so funny. you I think you might, you might be the first person that actually pointed that out, which is so funny to me. I'm like, and I feel like that might be, uh, some of that might be, like, the Saturn um because Saturn, Saturn is a planet that has to do with, like, like boundaries and um, cons- conservation. So, like, where I have my Saturn, um, it sits in my – it's not too far from my rising sign. So, like, the rising sign is, like, your front-facing front self. So, when you have Saturn conjoined to, like, you know, your, your ascendant or your rising sign, you can be seen as someone who's a little bit more reserved. Um, I have friends, no lie – all my friends who become really like close friends will all tell you this, they, they, none of them really know each other, which is funny, but they will all tell you that when they first met me, they thought that I didn't like them. (laughs) They will all say that. And I'll be like, what the hell, you know, like, what are you talking about? Like, I, like, I wasn't even like, what are you talking about? I was in my own head. And, and they were like, Yeah, you have like this thing about you that's hard to read. Like people, like you kind of like give off like this sort of cold energy, which is the Saturn part. But I, but when they, when we find, when they finally got to know me, they were like, oh my God, you're so warm. You're so funny. You're so sweet. You're so blah, blah. But they all have a story somewhere along the line of that of like, yeah, I thought you, I thought you didn't like me. I was like, girl, what are you, (laughs) what are you talking about? But it's just so funny that you say that it's not in my, um, like, in my social media and things like that. I was like, really? Huh, that's so interesting. But, yeah, but, like, when people ask me about um, myself and my background, um, I went I went through a lot. Of, you know, I, I I really went through a lot. Like, I really struggled, you know, coming up, um, being a child of, of drug addicts. And, and also knowing, like, that was a crazy thing, too. Like, my, my parents were, like, functional drug addicts. So, like, they knew what they were doing. Like, I got dragged around to... Um, like AA meetings and NA meetings, because my mom was like, well, I don't want you to, to like do the same, make the same mistakes that I did. You know, I don't, you know, like my dad and, and them, like they constantly were telling us the real deal, quote unquote, about like the world and stuff like that. So that's why I said like, by the time that I was 20, it felt like, I felt like I was in my forties by the time that I was 20 because of all the things that I had seen, all the things that I've been through and all the things that I've learned um either by way of looking at my parents or just my own personal experiences. And so um, I definitely have this sort of this old soul sort of. But um, but I'm always constantly trying to find new ways to like new new ways to engage life and new things to learn, if that makes sense.
1: It sure does. (laughs) (laughs) Mecca, do you have any hobbies?
0: I do. I do have hobbies. Um, So, well, before the pandemic hit, I had started, one of the hobbies that I started to take up was archery, which is very Sagittarius, you know, bow and arrow. Duh.
1: (laughs) But it's also very strategic. If you watch those shows, like back in the day shows, that Mm -hmm. is the best way to defend the, what is it? The border. Mm -hmm. Is by with mm-hmm, mm-hmm. long distance. It doesn't help up close, but like fending them off from afar, like it's the most effective. Yeah, I guess, I guess there are guns that do that too, but you know, whatever. <laughs> 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 but go ahead. I'm
0: sorry. Archie. No, no, no. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. So I started taking up archery, and I also started trying to like learn a new a new language. Um, and it's it's nothing, like, that, like, serious. It's just, I've been using the Duolingo app and trying to, like, learn um, Portuguese, actually. Uh, and so I've been doing that. Um, I've been trying, to be honest, I've been trying to find hobbies that don't have anything to do with astrology, <laughs> which is hard. Because astrology for me started out as a hobby and then it became, you know, a full-time thing. So, I've been trying not to like I've been really trying hard not to like get into um get into things that have to, having to do with like charts and and all that stuff. So so archery actually was that thing that I've been trying to do and then one of the other things that I was hoping to do, which hopefully I'll get to do when this sort of dies down, um I want to I like making pottery. Uh, I can't really do it that well. All my little pots come out all lumpy. And <laughs> 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 stuff. So, and looking like looking like somebody's fourth grade project <laughs> that you would give to like your mom. <laughs> like I'm like I made this for you. <laughs> do you. Do you use the wheel or do you freehand it? Um, the wheel. Oh. The wheel, which is hard, which is harder to do than I thought. Like when I first,
1: yeah.
0: I was like, yeah, like, and then so that oh, thing
1: goes this, sideways real fast. Yes. <laughs> Yes. But you better get your
0: ghost on, come on. I'm trying. I'm trying. So, but, but yeah, but that, that's also been like a a thing of mine that I've been trying to like work on for this year. Like one of the plans that I had was to like to, to accrue more hobbies that have nothing to do with work. Um, Because I think as an entrepreneur, it's so easy to just get sucked into work. Um, oh, you know, let me send this email. It'll be like eleven o'clock at night like, girl, why are you doing this? Like go to bed, you know, so um, so yeah those those are like my hobbies for for now, um, oh, and then playing like old school video games like but like real but like not any video games that anybody really knows. there's just I don't know if you played this or even heard, have heard of this, but there was this game that came out a long time ago probably, like, in, like, 2003, 2004. It was called uh, Pharaoh. And basically, it was, like, um, a game where you had to build a city and run the city and make sure that the people in the city were happy and that, you know, they didn't die of famine and stuff like that. So I like like games where I'm, like, in charge of things. And I'm actually running a business. You see? Like, (laughs) I can't get... (laughs) can't get away from it um but those those are like those are like <laughs> and it was it was only available like on pc and pc form so what was funny is that i found that game um on this uh this website called steam where they have like a lot of old games and stuff like that that you can play so i've been playing that um lately too so i don't, I don't know i like weird weird shit shit that nobody's into geeky shit um Cause I've always felt like a weirdo growing up, you know, always felt like an outsider, always felt like an outcast. And so the kind of things that I'm interested in never really fall in line with like what everyone else is doing. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: Has that, has that followed you?
0: Um, In terms of like being like an outsider
1: or feeling different?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's something that, has always followed me always all throughout my life I've always felt different um that's also kind of the that's also attributed to you know having um that Aquarius moon that I have too because Aquarius energy like I said it, it, it can work either as like rebellious energy or like kind of like like you know weird or eccentric kind of energy um but there's something about it uh, that is always like very different from every every everyone else. Um, I'm also Leo rising too. So Leo, Leo and Aquarius are two signs that oppose each other in the Zodiac. And both of those signs, even though there's an opposition there, the running thread between the two is that um, it's really about learning how to embrace the things that make one unique, but also holding space for what makes other people unique as well. And so like growing up, I used to get bullied a lot because um I didn't, you know, I didn't have like clothes that everyone was wearing. You know, a lot I got a lot of secondhand stuff, a lot of hand-me downs, a lot of like off off brand stuff. Um, you know, I wasn't allowed to perm my hair or anything like that. So I had uh people teasing me, like, oh your hair is nappy, you know, all those kinds of things. Um, I went through a lot of like bullying. I was, you know, also dark skin, chubby, all these things that people told you weren't acceptable, you know? And I was always constantly reminded some way or somehow as I was getting older, growing older, that you don't belong. You don't fit in. You don't belong. You don't fit in. And so the th- I think the thing, one of the things that saved me from really like Distracting. Um, even though I had my moments where I was just like, "Oh, I hate myself," but I think the thing that saved me, that kept me from going down like an even darker path, was the fact that I did have parents who were like, "Yo, you the bomb." You know, my dad and my mom both were like, "Fuck with you know, fuck with these people are talking about. Like, you're the shit. You're always gonna be the shit. Like, you know, act like it." And as I gotten, I've gotten older. Um, I've started to like embrace, you know, again, I started to learn how to embrace my unique qualities and actually find joy in being a weirdo. And so that's even like down to like my profession, you know, like when I tell when people ask me what I do, a lot of people don't expect it. You know, I even had situations, too, with like guys like in dating and them being like, Oh, so what do you do? And I'm like, Oh, I do, you know, I'm an astrologer and and I've had situations with guys and they'll be like, oh, I don't believe in astrology or like, you know, whatever, whatever little thing that they do. And I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> like, okay, that's cool. Like, I don't believe in you like next, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, so like I've over, over time, really learn how to embrace the things that make me weird and I'm and I'm cool with it you know and and you know when I talk when I talk about those things with my daughter you know I try to you know tell her like yo, you know like you know fuck what these people are talking about like don't don't feel like you have to conform you know or fit into and I bring that to my work you know my life created you know I bring I bring that to my work and to my clients so when people come into me a lot of the messages that they're getting usually revolves around like forget with, you know, forget the haters, forget, you know, don't even worry about them. Don't even give them a second thought. Like just do you be you. And that, that's what we need. You know, we need more authenticity and and vulnerability and people embracing, embracing themselves, you know, as they are. And so that's my thing.
1: It seems like too, it doesn't matter who you are or where you came from at some point you need that,
0: Mm -hmm. that,
1: that, that self confidence, um as being yourself out in the world. So I think that's really interesting. Some people always need it, some people just need it here and there or whatever. Even the most confident person, like mm-hmm. I'm sure. I'm sure they go through it. Maybe mm-hmm. not in the spotlight, but yeah. But yeah, that's really interesting how we need that that boost. Mm. I guess I guess mm-hmm. that's just like telling of the the world. And how it can feel like a personal attack. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, I think it's important um, for us not to... um, I think there's things that... I think it's important to recognize, like, how the world tries to tell us that we're not enough, right? But I also think it's important, just as important not to, like, buy buy into it, too. You know, because sometimes... I think because like, especially if you're growing up in a a marginalized community, um, you know, being black, being a woman, you know, being or being queer or like whatever, whatever it is, being brown, it's like, it also has to be some, at some point where you have to be like, well, that's not my story. You know, that's not my narrative. You know, like I remember travel, like, so to kind of drive that point home. So the first time I ever left the country was when I went to Cannes a you know, um, back in two thousand eleven, I wanna say, two thousand eleven or two thousand ten. And that was the first time I was in ever in Europe, first time I ever left the country. Um and my whole thinking, like I was for some reason, I became hyper aware, like before leaving Like, oh, you know, how, you know, do they even like black people there? Like thinking about those kinds of things. Like, are you know, am I going to be accepted? You know, like, you know, I'm going to have to deal, you know, with like, you know, weird racism, you know, thinking about those things. But then at some point along the line, I was just like, you know what? Fuck that. Like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I don't feel like being tied down to that right now. Like, I don't care about that shit. And when I went there my, because I decided not to subscribe to that narrative of like, Oh, I'm black in Europe or whatever. And that doesn't mean that, you know, that was like, I was negating the reality of it or whatever, but because I didn't feel like I literally told myself, I was like, I don't feel like feeling my skin color right now. And I think, you know what I mean by that? Like I didn't feel like being hyper aware of the, of the fact that I was black and When I went, when I got to France, every interaction that I had with everybody was so warm and so welcoming and so like was amazing. And I'll never forget because I I went with like a group of people and there was uh, a girl in the group one night that I'll never forget who was in tears and tears and tears. And I was like, you know, what happened was wrong. And apparently she had went and tried to get into one of the clubs and they turned her away because she was black. Um, And then there was another group of girls who uh, were going somewhere and like, there was like a car passing by and they got called niggers. And now I'm not saying that they brought that on themselves or anything. It was horrible that they went through that, but it just really struck me how my experience there was just so different from the experience that they had, because I was just like, I don't feel like, being bothered with us, I'm here. No, I'm going to take up space. I don't feel like I don't feel like like fuck y'all.
1: <laughs> you know. Um, can we inject ourselves with that? Like, oh, <laughs> I don't feel like being bothered with this. So this is like not going to happen to me. <laughs> like, I repel it. Yeah. I was was
0: like, I was like, this is not my, I was like, I refuse to have this be my reality. I was like, I don't feel like being, cause you know, cause you, cause you know what it's like to be black and go into different spaces and you're like, oh, you know, are they going to think that I'm trying to steal or, you know, like, or, or, or being at work and you're like, oh, are they thinking, are they thinking that I'm stupid or incompetent? Like. You, we, we put up the, you know, like, and it's real, you know, it's not saying that like we're making these things up. Like these are like microaggressions and aggressions that happen to us on a regular basis. But when I was going to France, I was like, fuck all of that shit. I do not feel like feeling this. I do not feel like engaging in this shit. And the experience that I had was an absolutely amazing experience. I never, I never had to deal with any of that.
1: So not victim blaming at all because yeah. things do exist but I do wonder if it's like an energy thing it's like how dogs can smell fear mm, I I do think on some level it is you know so
0: again it's not yeah not victim blaming you know not saying that these, these microaggressions and that racism and you know all these like structural societal things that are anti-black don't was, exist
1: yeah.
0: yeah but I do think that there, we do have some control over whether or not we buy into that,
1: okay? Because all the time, you know what I mean. So, so I'll explain it like this so, um, a city in Malaysia, I would walk around, and like the first night that I got to the city, these Indian dudes would walk up to me and ask me how much because they thought I was a sex worker, and mm-hmm. it infuriated me so much because it didn't make sense to me. Not that I would be confused for a sex worker, but that I just didn't feel like I presented like a sex worker. I wasn't looking at them. <laughs> so, like I wasn't, If I'm looking for business, don't you think I would look at your ugly ass? But because <laughs> they were disgusting. It's just like, you couldn't pay me. But anyway, um, um and it infuriated me so much. Uh, they would approach me on foot. I had somebody follow me on a bike, in a car, on a motorbike, like, and once I dropped that anger, once I dropped that attention, it stopped happening Mm -hmm. in the same neighborhoods. And it could be also that, like, people got used to me being around. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't know. But it stopped happening. But, as long as I was angry about it and like confrontational about it, as long as I kind of like wore that like, okay, I'm stepping out, whatever, so i'm I'm interested in that. I think that that's like something to test and study, like what you say. Yeah,
0: because the thing the thing is too, is that oftentimes what is going on in our mind is reflected outward to us. You know, and I, you know, when I'm talking to my clients about, you know, changing certain patterns or, you know, working on switching like, you know, change or switching, you know, the energy around. So certain things stop happening. A lot of that does have to do with the mindset, you know, and how you're kind of going into things. So if you're expecting shit to be in a, a disaster then more, more than likely it's going to be a disaster. You know, if you're expecting, you know, things to 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 go wrong, you know, and that's the kind of, you know, thing that you're constantly worried about and focused on day after day after day, then more than likely th- those are going to be the things that are reflected back to you in the world. And again, that's not saying that, you know, we always have to think positively or um, – because I, I, don't, I don't really believe in positive thinking. Like I tell people that, like, because I think positive thinking is kind of like a – it's kind of like a farce, you know, cause you, cause you have to, you have to make room for the darkness, you know, or like the, the reality of a situation.
1: All mm-hmm. right. Someone that I like, um, compared it to programming like a bandaid over a deep tissue wound.
0: So mm-hmm. you have to
1: like treat the actual wound instead of like do an actual reprogramming of yourself and not just putting something nice over shit. Right. Exactly. 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 And so part of that
0: does revolve around like looking examining, like, what is your world philosophy? Like where, where did this begin where you feel, where you feel like, you know, constantly under attack. And yes, some of that does have to do with like the real bullshit that's going on in, in the world and, you know, being, you know, in a black body, being in a female body, you know, all those things are correct. But then at the same time, it's kind of like, okay, but do you want to continue buying in, you know, plugging into that energy constantly day after day after day, or do you want to be happy and live your life? And that's not saying that bad shit is not going to happen, you know, or that you won't run, up and run into those things again. But I feel like, there we do have to have some some say so in terms of like what our experiences are and a lot of that does have to do with like our mindset and like our belief systems and like you know our you know experiences um and and that's why i think traveling is such a good thing you know and and that's also kind of like in the sagittarius side too it's like we should be out in the world. We should be, you know, creating experiences and learning and gathering. Because again, like, this is how you see that the world is so much bigger than, you know, what you're told or what you've been taught. And it doesn't have to be like the the experiences that other people have had don't have to be yours.
1: Uh, also, using the the realm of romantic relationships, particularly if you are attracted to men, which is, I'm sorry, (laughs) like (laughs) automatically, I'm sorry if you're attracted to men, Um, but they try to blame women. They're like, you are with, you're having all these relationships because you are the energy that you attract. Which, mm. okay, yes, but there are also a, a whole bunch of ain't shit <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> There mm-hmm, are a mm-hmm. whole bunch of ain't shit motherfuckers out in the world. So I think that it is difficult to find someone on the same wavelength so it's easier to entertain someone who you know is not a good fit for you. Mm-hmm, but like mm-hmm. you said, it's about not entertaining the things that exist. Right. Exactly. So I think, I I do think it's a both end. Like, yeah, you did him, but that's not necessarily your vibration either.
0: Uh, Right. Yeah. 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 I I definitely, I definitely feel like it's, like you said, I I agree with you. I do feel like it's like a both end. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be like a, like a, like a black or white, you know, um, kind of, kind of scenario. And It's important because like even, you know, with that, that whole thing of like, oh, you attract what you, what you are. Yes and no. Um, And that's something that I talk about, too, sometimes uh, when people come to me for love readings, because oftentimes when we um, pull in a person who is not on our, like who we're not compatible with, I'll say that that person usually is representing parts of us that we're either not acknowledging or that we need to like turn up a little bit more. So for example, I was talking to a client who had issues with attracting uh, men who had like anger issues. Now was she doing anything particularly in terms of like, Oh, I want to deal with someone who's angry and abusive, you know, like are they are? Sh- were they shitty men? Absolutely. You know, like, do they should they take responsibility for their actions? Absolutely. But with her, the thing was that she wasn't owning her anger enough. She wasn't getting mad enough. She wasn't, you know, um, she wasn't getting angry enough and and standing up for herself enough. So she was attracting bullies. And so I told her, I said, in order for you to shift the energy, you need to start expressing your anger, getting mad, and not worrying about whether or not this person is going to like you. Because being with someone means that you can be vulnerable, you can be yourself, you can get mad, you can get upset. Of course, you know, with respect and communication, things like that, um, it shouldn't be an abusive situation. You know, you shouldn't be abusive. They shouldn't be abusive at, at all whatsoever. But you should be able to, like, you know, be messy with someone and have them still say, you know what? i still, I still love you. I still want to show up for you. I still want to be a part of this connection. But if you're holding back your anger and because you're fearful that if you do get mad that this person is going to run away, then that probably a is not the person for you. If you know, you can chase a person away so easily like that, but B you know, you do need to be able to have boundaries, and you do need to be able to you know communicate and express yourself, you know, beyond just like being nice or pleasant or personable. And so you know that you that's the thing that I definitely find that happens uh, with people. Like we attract people to us that is trying to show us the things that we need to own or like express in ourselves. but but, but it doesn't mean that that person's behavior or actions, are, uh, you know, that we should give a pass to that either. Say that again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mecca, can you please share with us your self-care practices? Self-care practices
0: for me um, include uh, walks, you know, um, taking, (laughs) especially lately, uh, I've been taking like a lot of a lot of walks and and, and being outside in the sunlight um, has been very helpful. Music, I love music. Listening to music and f- discovering new music. Um, I love watching. <laughs> this is going to sound awful, but I love watching disaster movies. <laughs> like there's something about the world falling apart that just feeds my soul. I can't. <laughs>
1: Oh my god! (laughs) I can't. I can't tell you why. Art finally. Oh (laughs) yes,
0: I think that's probably what it is. It's it's the anarchist in me. That's like, yes, bring it all down, burn it all down. (laughs) (laughs) But, but I love. I love. Like I just watched um, on Netflix. They have the movie uh, 2012 on there. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, where basically it's like some global thing where basically the earth, you know, the is is pretty much like everything is collapsing and burning and all this, like the end of the world basically, and and there's all these scenes of like. <laughs> buildings just crumbling and falling into the into the into the earth's core and then you know people trying to drive and like you know they're trying to get away from it as like the, the earth is literally like falling but you know crumbling beneath them and it's the most absurd over the top shit but i just was living for it <laughs> so was just like yes this is amazing so stuff like that i love <laughs> i love science fiction anything having to do with sci-fi um i'm a big marvel universe fan um so all the like avengers movies all the marvel movies like i love watching those
1: all of them okay i don't understand why spider-man exists at all um oh really yeah (laughs) and the hulk like all right you revved up towards the end but like it was a long time getting there (laughs) um and then all the whiteness it's just like none of these Okay, when it comes to money, like Tony Stark, yeah, probably had to be white. Generational wealth. Right. But, like, so many... Black Widow, it's right there in the name. Like, all y'all don't have to be white. Like, what's going on?
0: But yes, oh, my God, it's so Marvel, Yes. Oh, yeah, but, um, yeah, Marvel is my thing. Um. Oh, zombie movies. I love zombie movies. Walking Dead. Uh, before Walking Dead became stupid, because they they started to make the show so stupid, but I, I love stuff like that. So stuff that has to do with like Doomsday, end of the world stuff, um, are things that that really make me feel at, at peace with the world for some reason. And then also, um, uh I need I need a lot a lot of alone time um or sol- you know solitude, taking getting time where I can just be with my thoughts, um, playing around with my tarot cards. Um, these are some of the things that I do, uh, like meditative practices, you know, if I need to like figure out something or just kind of calm my mind. Um, yeah, those are, those are like my major self-care practices and laughter. You know, anything that gets me laughing, whether it's like talking to friends or talking to my family or whatever, is a, is a big thing for me, too. I love laughing. Um, and then hopefully when the world opens back up again, I can get back to like going out and dancing again.
1: Um, are any of those practices particularly grounding for you? Um, I think
0: the walking is because it helps me to feel physically connected to my body. Uh, which sometimes isn't always an easy thing for me to do. Like, because I live li- like, and, and this is true of like a lot of people, like we live in our head so much that we become disconnected from like the rest of our body. And so for me doing things that are physical, um, sometimes it could be exercising sometimes just, you know, walking, um, it just makes me feel a little bit more centered, you know, a little bit more grounded physically and then that also helps me with like tackling other things like around me that might be a little bit more challenging.
1: So it sounds like when you travel, it's usually for work. Is that right?
0: Yeah. So a lot of a lot of the the travel that I do um, is more so for work than it is pleasure, although I do get pleasure out of out of out of doing these things because I love the I love the work that I do. And Um, it usually has involved, especially like over the last couple of years, it's involved me either like doing speaking engagements, uh, doing lectures, uh, when my book first came out, um, it was, you know, kind of like a a book tour thing that I was doing. So, yeah, so a lot of the, the travel that I do has to do with, with work related stuff. Um, but it's so cool and it's just so like, I, like, I didn't even realize that, like you couldn't have told me like ten years ago, like this was going to be something that I was going to be able to do to travel and do something that I love. And so the fact that I get to do it is just like a it's I just I get blown away every time. But yeah, travel travel has <laughs> always like been been work related.
1: Is are you able to explore it all when when you are in these different cities or countries? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, so what's the, uh, what's the kind mm-hmm. of you like to explore?
0: Um, okay. So when, one of the favorite, one of my most favorite trips that I took, um, was last year. And that was when I went to Johannesburg. And so I went there because I was doing like a series of talks and lectures and readings and things like that for folks. Cause I didn't realize that I had a big following in South Africa, but I did. And it was like, come, we want you here. And I was like, "Oh shit, all right. And so they brought me out there and, and, and it was so cool. But On the times that I was just kind of by myself, I stayed in um, this uh, area of the city called Maboning, which is kind of like a it's kind of like an up and coming part of the city. It kind of reminds me a little bit of like Brooklyn, you know, like they have the outdoor cafes, they have like the um, like the street vendors, you know, they had a brewery like, you know, they're they're kind of I guess they're that they're kind of version of like gentrification in some way. And so, I was staying at a hotel there, and I remember every night that I was in the hotel, I would always hear this like uh, music coming from this club, and and it was so funny because I was able like sometimes when you go to new places, you know sometimes it's hard hard to like settle into like your rhythm because you're in a different space, and like falling asleep can sometimes be an issue. And so, but for the me staying there, I felt like I was home in New York because it was like all the street noise and all the stuff. I was like, oh, you know, I, I heard this all the time. But this club, you know, I kept hearing like, I was like, where is, it? Where is this place? I was like, I, you know. And so anyway, long story short, uh, I met this guy who worked at the restaurant next door to the hotel. He takes me to the club itself and when I tell you that this place was a hole in the wall it was such a dive like they had chicken wire covering the the count like the <laughs> like where the um where like the cashier you know or the server was like they had chicken wire like blocking everything it was like oh, really like like, yes. <laughs> like it was like really like this seedy joint like there was a there was guy like they had pool tables in there and like there was these guys that was sitting next to like where we were sitting and they were like getting ready to get into an actual fight over the pool game that they were playing. Like, it was like the seediest joint ever. And I lived, I lived, I was like, yes. Cause I, I love, being where like the locals are, you know, I love being in the spaces where the people who actually live there and like, I don't, I don't like touristy stuff at all. And so being in this place, I was like, hi, huh. I was like, am I going to make it out alive? Of course I did. I mean, everybody was sweet to me and, you know, I did, and there was never a point where I felt like unsafe or anything like that. Um, and, and I also attribute that fact. I also attribute that to the fact that I was born and raised in the Bronx. (laughs) So I'm like, I'm from the Bronx. Like, this, I'm like, come on. So, um,
1: (laughs) what you got? What you, I've seen it. Wow. What you got? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Um, So, yeah. So stuff like that. You know, I like, I like, I enjoy having like those real genuine, authentic, you know, experiences, seeing what the, doing what the locals do, being in their, in their spaces. And, um, yeah, that, that's my, my, my jam.
1: Do you have any song lyrics or poem that speaks to you these days? Um, song lyrics
0: or poems?
1: Well, I can, (laughs) I can tell
0: you. I can tell you the song lyric that I always quote um, that I've been quoting it for a long time and, and and I can always find a reason to quote it but it's a song it's a lyric from a Lil Wayne, a Lil Wayne song um, and it's the <laughs> one <who> goes,
1: <laughs> from the prophet Lil Wayne right from the, from the prophet Lil Wayne and
0: it's the one where he goes, um, real real G's move in silence like lasagna. <laughs> and that that is like and what's so funny about that <laughs> is that my daughter put that in her yearbook quote. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I really raised I really raised a smart kid. But it. the reason
1: <laughs> Yes, thank you. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. But no, yeah, that that's a thing that always speaks to me. And the reason why that speaks to me, and I guess that speaks to what we were talking about earlier, it was like, oh, I can't, you know, you don't really say a lot about yourself and stuff like that. It's because I, feel, I just feel like, there's just something to the idea of like doing things until you're ready to reveal it, you know, especially when it comes to like working on projects or new ideas, I hate people and I hate it when, you know, you'd be like, Oh, you know, I, you know, this is happening and that's happening. And the thing hasn't happened yet, you know, or like, I, I just like to do things behind the scenes. And then when it's ready to bring it to the, you know, to the, to the public or whatever, then it's like, all right, you know, then you can see what I've been working on. Um, and also because I like to like move freely, you know, like I, you know, even like with, like, I had to tell one of my friends one day, like, please don't post me on like your, your Instagram or anything like that. I don't know what I know. I don't want people to know where I am sometimes, you know, (laughs) like I just (laughs) like, let me move in secret. Let me let me just, you know, chill. Like people ain't gotta clock have to clock my every move. Like, no, that's just so that that's also like a, a sad thing of like I just want to be free to go off and do my thing. Like, you know, when I when I when you hear from me, you hear from me, you know. But if you don't know that I'm fine, I'll re, you know, I'll connect later. But so real, <laughs> real cheese move in silence like lasagna
1: is my thing. <laughs> I will put that in the show notes. I might put that at the top of your episode so (laughs) everybody knows the tone has been set (laughs) yes (laughs) Uh, Mecca I always invite um, my guests to share with the listeners how they like to be supported so how can listeners support your work
0: Sure. So I would really love it if you guys grab my book, Astrology for Happiness and Success. And you can find that pretty much, you know, online, like wherever books are sold, Barnes and Nobles, uh, Target, uh, Amazon, whatever, you know, whatever your choice is. Um, And and you'll get uh, you'll get a lot of great things in there in terms of like self care tips and suggestions and journal prompts and all kinds of things to help you with living your best life, especially now. You know, um, as we're all trying to figure out like what our ne- next steps are going to be uh, in this in this weird world that we're in. and also, you know, if you want to get a reading from me, you can find me at mylifecreated.com. Um, and also that's where you can also find all my social media, my podcasts. Uh, you, you can subscribe to my podcast too, uh, Stars on Fire, if you want to know about like how the stars affect our political sphere and, you know, things that are going on in entertainment. So that's where people can find me and that's how they can support.
1: And just one more question. Um, how do you like to celebrate?
0: Ooh, how do I like to celebrate? I love a I love I love a good dance floor man. <laughs> the Leo in me loves to just get real sweaty on a dance floor and like just you know have a have a have some wine, have a few drinks, and just like dance the night away. And that that's how I celebrate. That's how I give gratitude. That's how I give prayer. You know, through through movement you know, through enjoying music and letting that fill my spirit and just, like, having a good time. I think about that, too, you know, during the time, like, times like like, like this, like, they were in where we're, like, everyone's sort of, like, afraid of what's going to happen and, you know, being in spaces where we're, like, you know, all these really horrible things are going on in the world. And to me, I feel like if you can still find joy and like laughter and like dance and like really like have a good time, it to me is like saying like a big fuck you to the people who don't want you to do that.
1: And that's something I think like talking about generational trauma, like I guess that's our generational joy because black people have always found a way. Okay. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you your too. time and your energy and your insights. We all thank do. I'll say thank oh. you on behalf of my 3 trillion listeners. <laughs> thank you. <laughs>
0: thank, thank, you. you. <laughs> thank you. It was such a pleasure and and I loved I loved the questions. Um, I had a great time and and if you ever want me to come back, I would I definitely would.
1: Yes, come on sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Come on Black Panther part 2. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <sighs> Thank you yeah. so much. You have yourself a gorgeous day, Mecca. Thank
0: you. Uh, you too.
1: Thank All you. right. Bye. Bye mm-hmm.